The New School Project is back. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Maxwell Kozmalski. Joined with me is my co-host, Nolan Claypeck, audio master Jay Cotter, of course, and we've got a brand new guest for you guys. Introducing Amin Lancer from Stormy Cromer. Let's go. Hey. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we met you at uh, Fairyland. 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 <laughs> All right, I had to ask what that was earlier, so maybe you guys should give a brief explanation. So in, I mean, you, you got the most experience in the jam scene. Right? Yeah, so basically, uh, Fairyland is a private property in the, uh, that backs right up to the Manistee National Forest in Harrietta, Michigan. Uh, our homie Greg has this property, and a few years ago decided to start developing it into a private festival grounds. Um, it's pretty cool. They built one stage, um, and like I said, it backs up to the the property line backs right up to the national for or national forest, state forest. I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. you're on stage, and then like 10 feet to the left, like remember where they had that like weird structure? It was like a pyramid thing. Yeah, uh, that is technically national forest. <laughs> so it's a cool setup because there's no sound ordinance in the municipality, and it's private property, so they can't do anything about it. That's why when you mentioned the cops, like the cops did come, and they have come in the past, but there's literally nothing that they can do. Right. They're not breaking any laws or anything. Um, it's a cool concept. Their events have always been free, donation-based. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's part of sort of their mission is to make sure the door's open to anybody that wants to come and hang out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like a, a lot of local production people and local musicians go there to throw this festival and it's kind of got like a half half work half vacation vibe to it like it's like everyone that's working is also like it's their weekend to have fun as well mm -hmm. um so yeah we love it that's where we met and you guys were jamming bro we were jamming and there was no sound ordinance hell no, no there, there definitely no. was not music goes to like four or five every yeah. every night um it's really fun yeah. and a badass stage yeah. Honestly, to play it's a cool on stage. Yeah. Is, are the bugs like that? Like everywhere you guys play? That was some of the worst <laughs> bugs that we've <laughs> it ever was had. Crazy. Yeah, and of course, like, you know, they were still setting up the lighting rig. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know when you guys got there, but for the first 45 minutes of our set, Josh was like on a ladder in front of the stage, rigging lights still. And so about halfway through, they turned those lights on, and it was just like bugs yeah. everywhere. I remember Spencer, one of our guitar players, got hit in the face by a moth that was like the size of my hand. Some, <laughs> something really big landed on my keyboard and I was like, I was soloing and I was trying not to press the key that the fuck was standing That's on. the magic of Fairyland, man. <laughs> oh, Playing with the forest, <laughs> with the critters. And we did get there and then um, you were like, you were like, uh, we're like, so we're not going on at the right time. You're oh, like, yeah. you're like, this is how it goes, boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's sort of like that half, half uh, vacation vibe where, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's nice to keep a tight schedule, but it's also nice to be somewhere where when it gets behind schedule, it doesn't add any extra stress. Yeah. Because everyone's just sort of like, okay, this is whatever. And for us, it's like kind of the one gig we take where, because I'm very much a schedule guy. Uh, you know, I produce events, I do some stage managing gigs, like. I like things to be on time. And that's like the one gig that we play where I don't give a fuck at all about things <laughs> being on time. I'm like, when I show up, I'm ready to, if they tell me we're on time, sweet. If they tell me we're 45 minutes behind, also sweet. Cause that's just sort of the vibe. And I think yeah, and I mean, special. I don't know, everyone that was working to put that on is working their ass off and it's, right. they're doing it really just for the kindness of the community. So to get exactly. upset about them being a little bit behind schedule, it's just like, it's not, not even in the question. Yeah, really. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Greg did a good job. That was his name, right? Yeah. I, uh, the I, front of house uh, is um, Joe. Joe? Joe. Greg is the owner of the property, okay. and he helps kind of basically with everything. Mm -hmm. So he's running around all over the place. Yeah, he was really trying to make, like, the times work, you know? Yes. But then also, like, have a good time himself. Mm -hmm. And the to be in the middle of nowhere and to have uh, Joe, right? Yeah. That Joe. was the guy on the sound? Yeah. Dude. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. He has his own production company, right? Yeah, and I actually just checked out his property. Um, I can't remember the town right now, but a couple weekends ago, 4th of July weekend, we did this big run up to the UP 
back down to the Lower Peninsula, and the second night we played at Shorts Brewing in Bel Air. Mm -hmm. Joe came out, a bunch of those homies came out and took me back to his property, which is about 15 minutes from there. And he's got a very Fairyland-esque thing going on on about five acres where he built a really nice stage back there. Mm -hmm. He's got like power lines and sound lines going out to everything. He's got lights everywhere. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I always appreciate, we started playing the Northern Michigan sort of festival scene I'd say six years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just am always blown away by the resourcefulness and creativity of the people up there. Like they work with what they got, which mm -hmm. it's like, you work with a lot of people from like Chicago or Denver and they have all these resources and they have all these venues and stuff. And then you get to these people in like Northern Michigan and they're like, well, we want music to happen. So mm -hmm. we're gonna make it happen in the woods, mm -hmm. which is what, <laughs> what we got, you know? Yeah. No choice, man. Music. Mm -hmm. Music, man. I love music. I'm obsessed with it. Too. Yeah, and they're filling up the <laughs> generators for all the sets at Fairyland yeah. stuff. It's, they're just making it happen. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. That was crazy. But uh, so uh, what is uh, your band and uh, how long have you been playing, man? Uh, my well, band? I guess how long has Stormy Cromer been playing and then maybe how long have you been playing? Yeah. Uh, so Stormy Cromer has been playing for eight years march 30th of this year was the anniversary of our first show which was in 2014 so it was eight years ago um we are a like progressive rock dance centric jam band so our influences are extremely wide um we have four members each of us have very different musical backgrounds and we kind of bring all that to the table and mix it up it kind of centers around like I said, progressive rock and dance music, but there's a lot of like jazz fusion in there, um, funk music, there's a little bit of like hip hop influence and stuff like that, so. Uh, yeah, I heard that. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we rap? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, fuck, I fucked with it, dude. That's a fun track. Uh, when he was like, you silly rabbit, I was like, oh shit, dude, he's doing an Eminem line, bro. Yeah, right. Let's go. Yeah, you know? that's, a, that's a fun one. That's, yeah, off of our first EP. Um, we don't play it as much as we used to. We should probably bring it back. But yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, we've been playing for about eight years, and we just love doing it. Slowly gaining, you know, traction and stuff, and been touring regionally, slightly nationally. I mean, the furthest west we've been is Denver, Colorado. The furthest east we've been is Syracuse, New York. Uh, we mostly keep wow. it to the Midwest, but we're trying to ex expand on that. So you drove all your you drove a four piece band to. Denver, Colorado? Yeah, we've, di we've done that three <laughs> times. Um, there's actually a really funny story about the second time we drove to Colorado. Um, we were in our second tour van, which is a Ford E350, I want to say. It was our second Ford E350 because the first one we spun out on the highway on our way back from a gig in uh, Mount Pleasant and bent the frame. And it was in good shape other than that, but getting a frame bent on a vehicle that large was like... We don't have, it was cheaper for us to buy the second van than uh -huh. to get somebody to fix the frame on the first one. Holy crap. Whoa. We had the second one for a couple of weeks and someone decided to steal the catalytic converter from under it, which isn't an integral part of the car, but they nicked our trans fluid line in the process. So for like two months we were touring with that van with trans fluid in the van, stopping every like, you know, hundred miles and refluing the trans fluid. Uh -huh. That's what it takes. Right? Yeah. We're on our way to Denver. We had a gig in Chicago, a gig maybe in like Omaha or something. I don't remember. But we're driving through. We get to Des Moines, Iowa. Our next gig, our next gig was supposed to be in Omaha that night. We're driving through Des Moines, Iowa, and our transmission explodes, basically. Blows while we're on the highway. And uh, we had to stop in Des Moines, try and find a hotel room, which was impossible because... That day, it was the Iowa State Fair, which is a huge attraction, and it was the Democratic <laughs> National Convention. So yeah. <laughs> all the hotels in town were full. But long story short, we left that van there, packed all our gear into a rented minivan, drove back to Michigan, bought a new tour van, and then drove back to Denver. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No way. It was a what wild. an adventure. <laughs> yeah, we drove through Iowa three times, and three days. That's more <laughs> than anyone should have to drive through <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> At least it wasn't Nebraska. 
Hey, what if there's a cute girl in Iowa that would love to meet you, man? Well, I, my car, I actually had a breakdown in Iowa, too. We were on our way back from Denver. I was driving on my learner's permit, and our engine blew up. Yeah, see? And, uh, well, the main thing I remembered was it smelled like shit because they used manure to fertilize all the fields. And right. so I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere, tired from a vacation, uh-huh. shocked that my engine just blew up. And it smelled like shit. Yeah, that's like, oh, that's Iowa for that's you. That's the Midwest, you know. And I, I will say Iowa's been great to us. Iowa City, wonderful place to play. There's another cool town in northeastern Iowa called Dubuque that we just played for the first time. It's really pretty up there. Um, so yeah, you just got to know the right spots. But those these Midwest states where we're from, it's so different from like touring the East Coast uh, or the Southeast, where in between these spots that you want to go to is just vast amounts of farmland or cattle land or whatever that you got to trudge through to get there. I mean, honestly, like I I say that all in jest because I really do. I I love driving through that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I was on my way to a gig a couple weeks back and I mean, you've been doing this for nine years, but this is my first summer really playing out a bunch. And uh, so I woke up early as shit in the morning to drive across the state and I'm driving through the middle of nowhere and I'm like, "Ah, this is Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we love being on the road. I think that's part of the reason why it works. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm impressed, man. I'm seriously impressed. How, you ch- toured the east side, and then you've gone all the way to Colorado. Um, like, how do you organize something like that? Or, or like, you've played a show out there, or like, just been a part of a band out there, or filled in, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Music took you there, though. Yeah, we went to Syracuse, New York, to record our first EP mm-hmm. and play a couple of shows. We had a buddy who was getting his master's program at, it's called the New School. I think it's part of Syracuse University, but it's like their media and like, um, I don't know, like school, I guess. All right. Um, Content. Not our new school. Not this new school. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) This is a newer school. A little bit of entanglement (laughs) there or whatever. Um, But they, that's why we were out there. We mm-hmm. haven't been back since, but it was cool. We played like four shows in the Syracuse area and like I said, recorded an EP at these studios, but yeah. So now, as a jam band, you said you went out there to record an EP. Was it a little bit interesting just going in there with fully rehearsed material? Uh, I mean, you went there with the intent to record right. the EP. Yeah. Obviously you had everything yeah. already pretty locked down. Yep. I mean, was that... Obviously, it was different from your live shows. How was it different? It was, so that was our first, like, studio effort. We were thinking back on that time now. I mean, we were just so... How old were you? Young. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was... I was uh, 21 at that time. And I'm the youngest in the group. So the other guys were, like, between 22 and 25. But also just young as a band. You know, young as musicians, young as people touring. Um, It was a really great experience. We got to record in this cool studio. They had like pictures on the wall from all these cool bands. We we put some organ, I think, on one of the tracks that was given to the studio by Mo. Um, So yeah, it was cool to be like, oh, this is like how it really works Mm -hmm. when you're when you're in here with these these seasoned veterans and they made us feel really comfortable. Um, It's definitely a different process from the live show. Like you really got to be locked in. Um, unless you want to spend a bunch of money doing takes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, we got it done. We're still pretty proud of that EP. Uh, it sounds better than... Which, uh, which th- one is it? That's the Piece of Pizza EP. The Piece so of Pizza? That's the one with This Is How We Rap on it. And um, uh, what's, is, it, is it Limits? Limits, yeah. That's a badass song, too. Thanks, man. There's a point in the middle of it that just, like, it starts just, like... I can't do it right now, but uh-huh. it changes tone. Do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that song's cool. It goes through a couple different sections. Like, the beginning of it is sort of like a slow sort of ballad vibe, and then it gets, kind of brings the energy up, and then I think the part that you might be referring to is this sort of, like, breakdown jam yeah. where it kind of like gets, like... It's like you break it down, and then it's like... Doo, 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 like yeah, uh, it gets mm-hmm. a cool, like, sort of hip-hop, like, R&B vibe at that point in the song. Um that it builds back up into this like guitar solo. That's one of our biggest like compositions um, that stuck with us. We actually played that one at Fairyland. Your big proggy composition. Yeah, we like the proggy compositions. <laughs> what, who doesn't? That's what so much it? fun to do. What's and, I a mean, proggy composition? Well, prog rock. Sorry. I mean, 
you get a lot of more extended compositions mm -hmm. that have multiple parts, kind of akin to like classical music where it's telling a longer story. I don't know. Like, think. Are you proggy progressive? Yes. Progressive rock. Okay. So, okay, yeah. I got you. I, got you. I, I didn't know the, that, that you, was Max. a term. Bless you, man. That was a brutal sneeze. <laughs> Max, how you doing over there, brother? I'm doing fine. I feel uh, much shorter since I'm, you know, down here, but you know, I'm I'm vibing. Different yeah. conversation. I'm, that? Yeah. Different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. You know what I mean? I'm I'm curious. So when did you like pick up an instrument for the first time? Um, technically, first time would be fourth grade. The Ann Arbor Public Schools. I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Was it the recorder? It was the recorder. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did that recorder shit in fourth grade. Yeah. Too. So. That was the first time. And then I switched to low brass instruments. So I played baritone and tuba. How long after that? Uh, in fifth grade. Oh, in fifth grade. Yeah, so, I was, uh, so I'm the youngest of three, and my sister's the oldest, and then I got a brother, older brother. And basically, at that point in my life, and kind of still now, I basically just wanted to be like him, classic younger brother shit. So he was a tuba player in middle school when I was in elementary school. So as soon as it became time for me to pick my instrument, I was like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, stuck with it. I uh, was actually ended up getting super serious about it and going to college for tuba um, at EMU. So oh, wow. I went to music school at EMU as a low brass player, tried out music education, didn't like it, tried out some performance major stuff, decided that it was a bad idea to try and be a tuba player. <laughs> as a profession, as fun as it was, and as much as I love that instrument, there's not a lot of jobs. The jobs that do show up are extremely competitive. Like, there's one tuba player per orchestra. As soon as a job opens up, every single tuba player <laughs> auditions for that one job. So, um, I decided I was good, but not good enough to pursue that the way I wanted to. And then there was a, they didn't have a jazz degree or a jazz program at EMU, but they had a class, a jazz combo class that was taught by this uh, awesome professor, uh, Mark Pappas, and I just kept taking it. I took it like eight semesters in a row um, on drum set. I picked up drum set in high school, um, actually through the video game Rock Band, which is kind of funny. Let's go. <laughs> um, That's yeah. amazing. On PS2 or? or, I, I, or? Think I might have had it on Xbox, mm -hmm. I think. But yeah, I got I my friend Ryan, Ryan the bass player in Stormy Cromer, him and I have been best friends since sixth grade. And as soon as Guitar Hero came out, that's like what we did after school. It's like, we're hanging out, we're playing Guitar Hero. And then Rock Band came out and I was like, oh sweet, there's drums on this one. Ended up playing that game obsessively. Um, playing it online, you could play like the same song against somebody else. So that's how I would spend my time after school was just trying to be better at, at <laughs> Rock Band than other people. And then I remember they had these like loading screens that would say like kind of cheesy like jokes in between. Um, the songs, and one of them said like something along the lines of like, "Want to make more noise? Get a real drum set." And I was just like, "That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some more fucking noise." Yeah. So I saved up my uh, my paycheck money from my high school job and spent five hundred dollars on a used Pearl kit, and that was that. Started playing drums. And you're still rocking and the drums. You didn't mm -hmm. get any nice. more musical equipment from there, and that's all you had to all you yeah. had to buy. Yeah, yeah, just, that's it, it ends right there. Yeah, my budget's been five hundred dollars for the last fifteen years. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. That's all you need. I mean, these days it might be like seven fifty, but. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. I I love seeing people have a deep appreciation for music, and I mean, most people do, but like what I meant is, you know, like creating the music. Right. You know, I, seeing Jay create all this music, honestly, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about it earlier. It's like the unspoken language. Yeah. You, know, you you can you can tell people like how you're feeling with your music, and and you can you can feel other people's music. Sometimes it makes you want to cry, and it's it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to that, that's why I love playing in an improv band because, in my experience, it's the closest I'll ever get to bona fide like telepathy yeah like when you're improvising music with somebody and you're communicating so quickly but you're not communicating with your words so your mouth doesn't get in the way and you're just like in this flow state of sending out signals and receiving signals and 
it's not always like that. Sometimes it feels disjointed, but when it's when it hits, it's like, man, I feel like I'm in these dudes' brains, you know, or like we're, <laughs> we're all just like coming it's together. Mind meld. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. I, I don't even understand how you guys do that. So in, I mean, it takes years. I get. I well, guess. Well, you have, you and your girlfriend ever talk about? I and I know that like a band is not as close as like a man and woman or whatever. Well, but that's pretty, something, yeah. Maybe can, debatable. The Grateful Dead's like we can share the women. We can share the wine. I'm like, I'm like, Jay, did did they just say that shit? And he's like, Yeah, they were like a little crazy. And I was like, I was like, as crazy as Chris Brown? And then he's like, No, but they shared the women and wine. <laughs> but it I was, was trying to get him into jam. And, Jerry did get in trouble yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. It was uh and Jer who's uh Jerry? Jerry Garcia. Just for the people that don't know, uh, he he influenced music, right? Like oh, I mean the whole Grateful Dead influenced music yeah. so much, and yeah, they changed a lot. Sound technology, really. I mean, like yeah, that too. Owsley, Owsley Stanley, their sound engineer and also LSD manufacturer. Um, it goes so much deeper than that. You know, Furman, that they were a part of the Alembic team, which was like the Grateful Dead sound crew. Like there's oh, really? so many. Yeah, yeah, everything spans. Ampeg is related to them tangentially too. Like there's there's a bunch of different brands that are just like they came out of the Grateful Dead circle just because they're like, yeah, so we're trying to hear each other, but we can't. Yeah, we need right. to fix this. Yeah. So um, going going back, like you were saying that like music is like a universal communication, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, then like you were talking about like how so that's like on a consumer uh, like when you consume the music you know which we all do right but like I guess like you two like when you guys produce it it's like in your own group you know where like you're even communicating through just your single instrument to their single instrument which is even insane like instant instantaneously right, right? yeah I mean it's basically like improv when you take improv music it's kind of like you're using music as a form of communication like it in my brain music can function in a few different ways like you have like a really well composed song which to me is more akin to like a painting like it's up on the wall it is the way it is it's a beautiful piece of art but then once you start improvising with people the music changes function to operate as basically a language so to more like a movie maybe yeah, a movie or, or just like or, more in depth or, or performance art. Yeah, some sort of performance. Okay, art. yeah, I got you. Know, you. Okay. Um, or yeah, or quite literally, just like a language, like yeah. English or anything else. So, um, and in that instance, it like I said, it's there's less to think about, sort of. I mean, when I'm playing, like I don't need to super carefully try and like figure out my word choice or something like that. Like I hear something and I'm gonna interpret it and I'm gonna react very quickly. So um, you're just going to and through like everything that, it, it's almost like a meditation like. Very meditative, it's very meditative. Doing it without yeah. even like thinking like. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and there's all sorts <laughs> of like other parallels. Like I, I was reading an interview with Victor Wooten who's a very prolific bass player um, recently where he talks about groove operating as like basically a mantra like in meditation. He's like, don't be afraid to play the same thing for five minutes, like as a bass player or a rhythm player or, or anything, um, because then it creates almost like a mantra that the audience can like hold on to and be familiar with um, yeah. and kind of build off that. Because one, one issue in improv music that we run, it, players run into a lot is feeling like they can't keep playing the same thing because it's boring, but it's always important to realize that the audience is not like your perception on it versus the audience's perception. Like, you're going to yeah. get bored of it mm -hmm. five minutes before the audience is ever going to get bored of it, you mm -hmm. know? So, so, do you, so do you write the songs? Because, like, or wasn't there two people singing? There's three it, of us that sing. Three of, three I, of us that sing? Soon to be four. Spencer, Spencer hasn't traditionally sang in the, in the group, but he's been taking voice lessons since the pandemic started, and he's going to start singing with us soon, so. Awesome. And when... When you guys wrote the the tale of two mouths, mm -hmm. was that were only two people singing? Um, I think there's three different vocalists on that, so it depends on the song. Um, like for example, on that song, like the first track, New Mouth, that's got Ryan and I on like harmony vocals, kind of mm -hmm. like dual lead, 
but the Nord, which is a song towards the middle of the album, that's a song Brendan wrote that he sings lead on. Well, he sings lead in the verses, and I sing lead in the choruses. So it just depends on how the composition's written. Mm -hmm. We all have different voices with different ranges, so we try to be, like, smart about who gets what parts, you know? Right. Like, mm -hmm. when we're picking covers, like, sometimes, like, I might really want to sing the song because I love uh. the song, but Brendan's got a better voice for it. Mm -hmm. So I got to be like, all right, man. Uh. So do, do you do a lot of singing? I do a fair amount of singing, yeah. It, is it possible, like, can anybody get good at singing, like with some lessons, or are some people just like they just like don't have it? Unfortunately, they'll never be able to be amazing. I think there's people that get into the NBA, and then I think there's people that are like Kobe Bryant, you know, where they work just as hard and they have the talent. Right. You know? Yeah, I think there's a spectrum. I, I definitely believe that with most skills, singing included, that anyone mm -hmm. can get good at it if they try hard enough. Um, but I also do believe that some people are primed. I don't know if it's like natural talent per se, but I think based on like their lives and where they come from and probably some amount of physiology, mm -hmm. some people are more primed to be like good at certain things. I, I wouldn't say that I'm like a great singer. I definitely wasn't when the band started, but I've also been taking lessons, so it's been getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody could really be good at singing, but when you think about what people are primed to hear, just being used to Western music their whole lives. I think mm -hmm. that certain people don't necessarily have a tone of their singing voice that fits into that little tiny box. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Frank Zappa had a bunch of very successful albums, but a lot of people would not consider him to like have like a right. crazy good singing voice. I, I mean, yeah. I don't mind. Frank I mean, he's Zappa a good singing. example of what you're talking about because like he could hit the right pitches. It just sounded weird. It's not that he was singing out of tune or something. His <laughs> voice just sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. <laughs> really. Like, I mean, there's, my voice teacher would say you probably could do things about that. But there's not, <laughs> at the end of the day, your voice is your voice. Can you make it sound a little bit more open or nasally? Can you change the timbre a little bit? Sure. But you can't, you know, you can't make somebody who's like, sounds like Morgan Freeman sound like Katy Perry. <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> I thought that's what a vocoder does. <laughs> yeah, but click one button and then that's what you do. Vocoder, a little bit of auto tune. There's oh, not. Yeah. I don't feel like there's a lot of drummers that sing. I see. And is it some, is it hard to get the mic to not pick up what you're yes. fucking banging? Yeah, there? that's a huge. <laughs> and you probably got to get right up to that, right? Yeah, the miking thing is like there are mics designed for that. Uh -huh. um, I should buy one so that I always have one. Right, $500 though, that's all you Right, got. yeah, I'm out, budget, budget, I'm out of budget, I'm out of budget. Go to go all the way to Denver and come back three, three fucking times, 500. Yeah, 500. Yeah. <laughs> Pearl drum kit. Holy shit. Dude. Yeah, the, uh, we work with a sound engineer out of Ypsilanti named Taylor Greenshields, very, very talented sound engineer and a very talented drummer. And he recently, he works with us a lot and he recently bought a mic basically for all the singing drummers that he works with. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's a, a sure of some kind, but it's not like, it's one of those ones that it's not like as long as these, it's maybe like this long. And then the XLR goes in at like a right angle. Mm -hmm. You've probably seen them before, but yeah, it's a huge issue. Like with the singing drummers, <laughs> when the, when you're like a pro, you have like that. Have you seen those like stands that like come up and over? Oh yeah, I have seen those. And then they also, I mean, the pro touring guys, they have reflection boxes around. The reflection everything. boxes, they're probably rocking like in ears yeah. to to you know minimize stage volume and stuff like that. There's definitely ways around it, but mm -hmm. it's it's an obstacle for sure. Oh my god, yeah. The amount of shit that it takes to like make something like awesome, like mm -hmm. sound wise, video wise, lighting wise. I mean, the I mean that's is, part of the video, but from a musician's perspective, it's always like, yeah, but I can just <laughs> tweak this, this, and this. I mean. Last time we talked, we were talking about you building your whole rack and your in-ear system mm -hmm. and stuff and getting that going, and I can only imagine how much of a big jump that was. Yeah, well, I did a lot of research on that um, and definitely learned a lot, but luckily didn't have to do any of the building myself. So there's another great sound engineer based out of Detroit, dude named Miles Fish, and he's putting it together for us. I'm actually picking that up on Friday. Awesome. I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Stormy Cromer, what do you what do you guys been doing? What's been happening? Yeah, uh, summer tour is rolling full force right now. Uh, started technically like four weeks ago, but then there was a couple weeks off. 
Um, we've been all over the place. Most recently, we did our 4th of July run, which was all the way up to Calumet, Michigan, which is in the Keweenaw Peninsula. So it's about as far as we, as you can get in the state of Michigan. Uh, then back down to Shorts Brewing, then to Smiling Acres Music Festival, uh, put on by Mark Lavingood in Trufant, Michigan. Um, and then this weekend, on Thursday, we're heading to the Workout Festival, mm -hmm. which is a festival in Legend Valley in Thornville, Ohio, put on by The Works. Uh, it's got a great lineup. Umphreys McGee is going to be there. Um, Lawrence, the band, is going to be there. Uh, a bunch of great, like, everyone from, like, cool locals to regionals to, like, these national touring guys. Mm -hmm. um, this will be our second time at that festival, and we're really excited. They put us at the 2 a.m. to unknown slot. Let's go. So that'll be Ooh. really fun. Late uh, night yeah. dance party with Here Stormy Cromer. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. I think, like, I think our only stipulations time-wise, because I know there's no noise ordinance, is how late we want to play, which is till the sun comes up, and how late the stage crew wants to keep working. Right. <laughs> so we'll see. When, when we get there, I'm just going to talk to them and be like, if you guys want to go all night, we'll go all night. Um, <laughs> you need and to just show up with a case of energy drinks. Exactly. Like, this yeah. Is we're going to bring them. We're going to bring them some uh, things to help. Yes. <laughs> energy drinks, some sandwiches. Be like, yes. you guys, we want you to like us. Here's some gifts. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Let us play till 6 a.m., please. Yeah. Maybe take this joint, bro. You know, it's Definitely a, it's take a this sediva. Joint. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, we're good. We'll bring some good Michigan flour for them. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, so another connection from Fairyland, uh, Abram was doing live Abram. painting there, and he's the art director. He's for the, the art director of Workout. Yeah, for the Workout. Yeah, so that's a great connection. It's cool to see everybody sort of like bubbling up into, into their potential lately. That's a huge gig for him. We're really proud of him. Uh, he he also, runs the Dream Pirate Art Gallery. Yeah, so he also recently got a, like a brick-and-mortar studio space in Grand Rapids. Um, he's involved with the Art Prize, which is like a huge uh, art festival in Grand Rapids. So he's been doing really good for himself. Started as a live painter, kind of grew his vending abilities to include like this big tent where now he's got his stuff, but he's also got space for like all of his art homies. So like somebody that might not have like the infrastructure in place to be at a festival themselves can be like, can I come and put up some paintings in your tent or whatever? And yeah, and he's a great just sort of like creative force. I think he's actually very integral in Fairyland as well. I think him and Greg mm -hmm. kind of came together. Yeah, I <laughs> when we went over to his art tent, I, I was like looking at this painting up close, you know? And then I was like, oh shit, this guy's good. I got to back up. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a real oil painting. And I backed up and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of layers. And he, yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to be doing this cool four panel thing at workout where we got uh, it's us, Ma Baker, who's another great uh, Michigan band, Desmond Jones, another great Michigan band, and then there's one other band that he's close with. I can't remember off the top of my head that's going to be there, but he's going to live paint a quarter at each of our sets, and then they're going to come together to make like one big thing. Awesome. So, wow. Yeah, it's going to be pretty That'll cool. That'll be really cool. And, and then, like, see, that's like the transfer of energy, man. Like, right. They're playing, you're communicating with what they're playing, what they're putting off, you know, and then you're going to and through and then fucking doing some art and yeah. then putting it all together and then seeing if somebody wants to, like, you know, what if that show was, like, really special to somebody? Right, yeah. And then they could have that art piece type mm -hmm. deal. That's big time. Yeah. And now, are you playing on the main stage or the second stage? Second stage is late night? We're actually playing at a third stage. Mm -hmm. It's like the stage that they put together for like another round of like smaller regional acts. Mm -hmm. So it's called the New Golden Age Productions Invasion Stage. I think New Golden Age is like an Ohio-based production company. Mm -hmm. I have yet to work with them. Um, but they seem like they're doing cool things and putting their energy behind like getting these smaller acts opportunities like at these bigger festivals and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're producing the the festival. I ran into Rob um, from the works. He's the drummer for the works and the owner of the Summit Music Hall in Columbus and basically the person that puts on workout and talked to him a little bit about the gig and he said that they're going to have like LED screens and lights and it's just going to be super awesome and sounds like they're really putting it together. That's well, <laughs> awesome, because I've been to Legend Valley for quite a few events, and it's always interesting to see the different spins that yeah, everyone Yeah, I've been there it. for a few different things as well. 
I think under it's, the dinos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you guys that uh, don't know, Legend Valley is the same place that they host Lost Lands yeah. at. And it's got like the big dinosaur. Yeah. It's kind of like a big brown. What's the fun fact about the dinosaur, Jay? Dude, that thing is squishy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really, someone told me that and I was really put off. I was like, no way. And then, like, I was like, ugh. You'd think that it would not be squishy. And it's it's right? weird that it is. Well, yeah, because you gotta, I just figured it would be like hard plastic or something so that it doesn't get like moisture in there and just like disgusting. But mold the thing and is, like that. There is moisture in there because yeah. it's like the foams come apart. Oh, that's disgusting. I see like these hippies <laughs> just like really going to town hogging this dinosaur. And I'm like, ah, uh, dinosaurs. So much hey. hippie sweat. In yeah. yeah, hippie sweat. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hippie sweat never hurt anybody. Hug a local hippie. <laughs> or a dinosaur. <laughs> Either way. No, but uh, so summer tour. So you guys, what date are you guys playing at? Uh, the workout? Or That's, the workout? What's, yeah. What's the next thing, uh, like, in order? So, workout on Thursday, skip Friday. We're are in. you going to do legs, or are you going to do The middle chest? leg tour with Mom. I just can't oh, oh. You're like, I'm going to work, work out on Thursday. Or <laughs> you just set up that. They're doing a little mini that, mini tour. Well, that's like a tour within our tour. So, that's it's a joke we came up with. So, Jordan from Ma Baker uh, sits in with us on key sometimes. He played with us at Fairyland. Yeah. Um, and I sit in on drums sometimes with Ma Baker. I played with them at Fairyland the next day. Um, so, the two bands get along great. We know each other's material. Uh really well and so we Jordan and I were chatting about our summer schedule and stuff like that and we found out that we had inadvertently booked seven festivals on the same day on the same stage basically back to back there's a couple where we're not back to back but for the most part it's like them then us or us than them wow so we decided to market it we came up with this idea for the third leg tour it's kind of funny. It's like a poster. It's like a dude walking. And he's just got like a third leg coming out from between his his two legs, and then all the tour dates around it. Oh, um, yeah, man. So those shows are gonna be really special. The first one of that was that show we did up in the UP, where um, they just gave the two of us a three and a half hour block instead of like. So they played for an hour and forty minutes, and then we did a twenty minute jam that ended up with all nine of us on stage. And then I swapped out with Jared and sat behind the kit, and then Baker left, and then it was just Stormy Cromer left on stage, and then we played our hour and 40 minutes. That's awesome. Um, so that was really cool, and that's sort of like the sort of shenanigans we'll be getting into. Lots of sit-ins. I think we're going to swap. We haven't figured out all the details, but I think like they're going to learn one of our songs. We're going to learn one of their songs. Just mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so they're playing there at the workout. That's the next third leg tour show. And then... Our next show is Saturday um, at the Avenue in Lansing, Michigan. Okay. It's a, it's a fun bar. We play there every now and then. Uh, then the following week, Friday, that's our biggest, our biggest show that we're involved in producing of the summer. It's called Summer Storm Music Festival. Mm -hmm. It's at the Blind Pig um, in Ann Arbor during the Ann Arbor Art Fair, which is a huge event that sees about a half a million people come to Ann Arbor over the course of the weekend to see all this artwork and stuff that's out in the streets. And um, What's the date on that one again? It's July 22nd. It's next Friday, so a week from this upcoming Friday. I don't know when this is going to be out, but July 22nd is when it is. Um, but that's really exciting and nerve-wracking. It's my first time. So I do pr most of the management and booking for Stormy Cromer and our business entity that does all our books and stuff, which is called Skyquick Entertainment, LLC. Mm -hmm. So this is my first Skyquick Entertainment Presents Festival, and it's all day, all night, from noon to 2 a.m., uh, outdoors from noon to 6.30 for free, and indoors from 7 to 2 a.m. for $20. Yeah. Sweet. Let's yeah. go. Oh, oh, so if you guys want to see awesome. some Thanks. art, uh, July 22nd, and you also want to see some music, mm -hmm. some fucking jam music, Right, you can see Stormy Cromer at the Blind Pig in Ann Arbor. Yeah, let's fucking go. We got a nice eclectic lineup too. If you're out there and jam's not your thing, we have folk bands. Uh, we got a cool R&B band. Um, we have a like a jazz fusion band. So there's lots of on there. My fiance is performing her first uh, public set. She's got really really great music that she, wonderful voice and great songwriting ability. What does she play? She plays uh, acoustic guitar and nice. sings, and this will be her first public performance. She's been working on these songs for a long time, so that'll be cool. 
Awesome, Sweet, bro. Yeah. yeah, and congratulations, bro. Thank you. Thank Heck you very yeah. much. I appreciate you coming up here. Uh, Jay said that you were looking for uh, uh, wedding venues. Yeah, well, we actually we have our wedding venue locked in. We were showing our parents. Oh, okay. So we were touring it with, with our parents. So Heck that was, yeah. That was nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's actually, you guys are familiar with the Crowfoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, a great multi-purpose venue. I yeah. actually did a report on that oh, for one cool. of my classes <laughs> one time. <laughs> because, uh, so you know all about yeah, it. Yeah, we had to just like base a business plan off of a pre-existing business. And I was like, yeah, I kind of want to go into like live entertainment. This place has been around for a while. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. A lot of people have played there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that's been a pillar of the community for ages. It's like the largest, it's the oldest music venue in Oakland County, I believe. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kicks ass i've seen my first concert i ever saw was there nice was, uh, the bad shit bullshit tour by um oh gosh <laughs> let me think germ shakewell and ramirez some underground rappers right nice <laughs> 18 years old <laughs> that reminded me of when like um weed people are like yeah i got some unicorn shit you know you're like i don't know if i want to smoke that bro like yeah, the bad shit bullshit yeah. tour like yeah. that's what yeah. a name i'm like come on bro we really gonna smoke a unicorn shit <laughs> or dirty Who named taxi this? dirty taxi oh yeah, like, dirty taxi it's like it doesn't sound that good. <laughs> no way. You know, Wait. and the thing is, like, I think it'd be really fun to name a strain of weed, but, like, why would you name it something gross? I mean, you have all the opportunity to name it, like, well, actually, now that I'm thinking, <laughs> trying to think, like, black hat. Uh, there you go, black hat. at objects Boom. around the room. Yeah, Done. Boom, strain name. No, Max, uh, Max has a few ones. You got it, Max. Come on. Schizophrenic OG. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. I would not be inclined to smoke that. What's, uh, what's the... Uh, What's the there, so they said this in the in the Ted movie, you know, with the the bear and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, what what were they? They were this shit is permanent. Yeah, something about being permanent. I One of them was, was here comes autism, and the other was how <laughs> long has that van been parked there? Yeah, the van one. The van one. How, how long, long has that, that van, van been, been parked, parked there? there? <laughs> Super funny. Sorry to go off topic. Bro. No, that's cool. So I see you're rocking the Disco Biscuits hat. I am. So um, how long have you been listening to them? Uh, I got into the biscuits, like, I don't know, that's a tough question to answer because I got into the biscuits at parties after Umphrey shows, basically. Oh. So, like, we'd always go to the Umphrey shows, um, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. I started seeing them in 2013. That's actually, like, Summer Camp 2013, Umphrey's McGee, Friday night, set two was, like, <laughs> when Ryan and I were, like, Yo, we got to start a band. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like we were sitting there, and we were like, they're doing it. This is sick. Cause I had gone to so many, I had been to like two Bonnaroo's. I was into a lot of like kind of indie music and sort of like, I don't want to say top 40, but stuff that like was a little more mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I kept having this experience of like being really excited to see a band and going to see the show and being like, this show fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, it didn't happen all the time, but not all bands are like geared towards live performance. Yeah. And then so I go to see this band that I'd honestly never listened to before. And they're just such amazing performers. Not only that, but they're playing music that I didn't realize people still played, like actual rock and roll music that's yes. like getting me going. And I was like, all right, dude, like if they can do it and if there's this many people here to see it, then we can definitely do it, yeah. sort of was the, the idea. So that started it all. And then I started going to a bunch of Umphrey shows, like 10 or 12 Umphrey shows a year for the next Till now, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And I first started getting into the biscuits because the kids that I met that liked Humphreys liked biscuits and obviously keep the party going after the show. And we would just listen to old biscuit shows until, you know, we tapped out and eventually went to bed. Yeah. And I saw my first biscuit show in 2017. And I haven't seen them nearly as much. They don't really tour as much, but something about their music really Resonates clicked with, with me. You. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's this combination of rock music, a little bit of like a sort of classical, like they have a couple songs that have like fugues and stuff in them that sort of have that element. And then just like awesome, like 90s inspired uh, electronic genre. So trance, drum and bass, these other genres that I grew up on, like, you know, cause in addition to all like the 
Metallica and Rush and that sort of stuff that I was listening to in high school. I was also really into like Aphex Twin and like Square Pusher and these sort of like 90s era electronic artists that were kind of like psychedelic and fun. So when I first started listening to Biscuits, I was like, oh, this is sort of like a weird mix of all these random things that I like. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it clicked. That explains just so much jam music in general for me. I'm like, oh, right. they took everything and they... they yeah, the and that, that, that's thing. what's cool about what's going on with like, you know, bands like Goose and these newer bands. It's like now they have this whole other generation of stuff because they're younger that they grew up listening to that's now starting to like Evolve. make its way into the jam scene. Mm -hmm. Like this sort of like 2000s era, like indie rock, almost like... I don't know, like Bon Iver, like shit like that. Yeah. Like that sort of sound that's starting to like creep its way in. It's really cool. Um, it's fun to see that evolution. Definitely. And I mean, talked about just the Disco Biscuits, like electronic influence. And I don't know, there's just something about seeing people perform electronic music with instruments yeah. that's just mind-blowing i saw lotus for the first time oh, recently where at um down at dome fest Sick. at legend valley Sick. yeah lotus yeah. is amazing yeah they and they just got their new guitar player and they've been just firing on all cylinders yep. recently yeah mm -hmm. tim is a monster <laughs> yeah he's, he's amazing hey honey um i'm gonna go to another show the band is playing really well like they're a <laughs> fucking sports team yeah <laughs> Dude, it's funny you say that man jam banding is Music sports, yes. 100%. People have Music stats, sports. like people track their stats. They know what songs they haven't seen yet. They know how long it's been since the band's played the song they want to hear. Like we gamble at the shows, like based on what the band's <laughs> going to play. We will do like bingo or like uh, we have this game called baseball where you guess four originals in a cover and first person to like hit a certain amount wins like the pot of money. So it's oh, wow. definitely similar to You're like horse racing. That's but fun. For jam. And I mean like. <laughs> Band members bounce around between bands. Yeah, like, it's right. like, yeah. yeah, so much overlap. And I mean, well, just I feel like that's the thing with just improvisational music in general, not Definitely. just jam. I mean, like all the jazz fusion guys. So yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, I like him and band. him and him. And oh, they made a band together. Right, yeah. Now you, you see these new bands cropping up and stuff. Like, I remember when. I first started like learning about Snarky Puppy. All of a sudden, like the dudes that I like from Snarky Puppy are like starting all these new bands, playing mm -hmm. with like Mono Neon and shit like that. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, I uh, I remember I was listening to a solo from fr some Frank Zappa song, and it was uh, Jean Luc Ponty was playing on the violin, and uh, honestly, I forget who else is in the right of strings, but that's just a crazy jazz like string jazz album, mm -hmm. I think. It's Stanley Clark plays bass. Oh, really? That's him, tight. Stanley Clark, and someone else. And it's really, really crazy. I'm like, I didn't even know this existed. Oh, I didn't know about that. I'll have to check it out. That's, uh, you can't find it on Spotify. It's on YouTube. I have YouTube music and YouTube, so. All right. You're in tired. business. You got tired of those ads? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there was just like, there's some things that aren't on, that aren't on Spotify that yeah. you want to find. Do you, yeah. do you, you have nugs? I have nugs. Get all of Gotta them. Gotta have yeah, all of them. Yeah. You're like, ah. Oh, I don't have apps. 100 bucks music. a month on music apps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do Nugs Hi Fi or are you like me? I'm just a regular common man. I'm a regular guy. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I love, I just don't, I wouldn't consider myself like an audiophile. Like, I don't have good enough audio equipment to yeah, appreciate that. And my ears are all fucked. You're like, a drummer. <laughs> I only started being conscious about like ear health and wearing earplugs like two years ago. So, like, I, ha I have tinnitus already. What is that? It's tinnitus is like the ringing in your ear that you hear. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if this is accurate, but I think it's like when you're hearing that ring, it's like that frequency, like you'll never, like that's the last time you'll hear that pitch, I think. <sighs> so it's like your ears like slowly getting less sensitive and like basically losing the ability to intake certain frequencies. So I don't have it as bad. I know some people that have it really bad. They like literally hear ringing in their ears. Do like, they spin out? Day. They but like for me. They come in, kind of get a little louder, and then fade away. No, do they like fuck with your balance? Oh no, because I haven't noticed People that. that have ear problems or whatever, in one ear specifically, it'll like Dana White, dude. He he got like his shit beat up in Boston mm. before he was like Dana White. Well, he right. was Dana White, but you know what I mean. But. He like has really bad, and Joe Rogan's like, dude, smoke some fucking weed. It's like the only Fall thing over. that's helped 
people that have it, and he just won't do it. But yeah, yeah. thank God that. That's you it. know the ear damage. That's a lot of people's theory of why Bob Weir's guitar so- tone sounds so damn high pitched and tinny. Oh really? <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, this sounds good. I can't hear any of the higher frequencies. Let me just crank the treble all the way to the top. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Musicians are cool, man. It's like awesome to like chill with them, talk with them, you know, hear them play. Like Thanks. it's a I, badass I line cool of work too. too. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're kind of like like you're not working hourly or anything. I mean, well, I mean you, the, you, the this the gigs are booked for a certain amount of hours, but most right. people sign up for a job. They got a boss. Yeah. You know, forty yeah. hours this week, but I mean, it, and it's probably you're probably. I mean, you need to book you know an, a certain amount of showings if you don't. Or not showings. Sorry, I, I sell real estate. I don't know why I was thinking that. <laughs> shows. Yeah. Book a lot of shows. And if you don't book them, then you don't, you know, make the money. So yeah. how has that been like? Honestly, it's been very good. Um, something about COVID, in my experience, mm-hmm. when, when shows came back, on average, they're paying more. That's my experience. I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but for the most part, the average gig the average amount that we're being offered or that they will take on a pitch has gone up. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, we've made more money in the last few weeks uh, than we made in almost all of 2021. Dude, that's oh, amazing. Wow. Um, so it's great. It's starting, finally starting to get there. I mean, from a money perspective, it's tough. Uh, like I said, we've been doing it for eight years. Mm-hmm. We've made the choice to not really pay out basically at all. Uh, we've reinvested everything. I think this month we do we have like a structure built for payouts that's based on once we reach a threshold past our expenses, mm-hmm. then we split what's left. Mm-hmm. Half goes back to the band and half gets split between the four of us. Um, and that has just never really been met. Um, but I think this month, July, it is going to be met and we're going to get some cash in our pockets. Um, and and when it is met, man, you know, it probably won't divide you guys because you guys been fucking doing it for so damn right. long Right, I mean, it's going to feel nice. I mean, I think I finally, I took a mu- money management for musicians class um, from this really smart and awesome lady, Stephanie Belcher, uh, who worked for the Detroit Institute of Music Education over the pandemic. It was like a one-on-one Zoom thing. It was like six sessions. And since that class, I've learned how to plan to make money, basically. Um, so now I actually know what needs to happen instead of just sort of drifting through through gigs and hoping it happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. And 100%. obviously that's step one now I know. And I th- still think we're a few years away, but I'm hoping if the trend continues, I might be able to knock one, two, three <clears throat> bar shifts a week. And it would be nice too, because there's not enough hours in the day <laughs> when I gotta get up and do all this booking and marketing shit before I go to the bar. and work all night and stuff so well um like for those of you guys that are listening and if you guys got this far thank you guys so much but think about what that really is like if you've ever tried to pick up an instrument fucking very difficult and then to have to like be a businessman behind it sell it create the art right put it together have like teamwork leadership right not pay yourself you know fucking it's it's amazing bro and i I just, I respect you a Thanks, lot. Thanks, man. 100%. How, right how do you find you. all the gigs? Like, I mean, there, I, obviously, Some of them eight years later, it's event, yeah. probably a little bit easier than on the first year, but, yeah. I mean, how do you find all the gigs? Is it, are they mostly just repeats at this point, or do, kind you, of. do you have someone that works for you to go find places, or do you apply to every option, or what? Basically, so I do most of the booking. Um, Ryan does some of it. Uh, it depends on the situation. Like for, I talked about our tour to Denver. So like our first time to Denver, basically I just cold call emailed every venue between Michigan and Denver. And the way I did it was I gave them a two week span and said, do you have anything in, in these weeks? And then basically based on what came back, I put, okay, it makes sense to do this town this day and this town this day. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get a little further into it, you have your established contacts um like for example the summer storm festival at the blind pig like i have had no problem booking at the pig in years because i have a good relationship with them i know the guy i say hey man you got this date if he has it then that's that Mm -hmm. um but so once you kind of 
do it for a while, you have those connections, it makes it a lot easier, but it does, there, it is important to have strategy. Um, one of the best pieces of advice we ever got was never play anywhere that you don't plan on coming back to. So we basically have, because there's no point in going somewhere one time. I mean, unless the money's really good. But the idea as an independent artist is that you need to create a following. So you need to reestablish yourself in that market time and time again. So um, we have a list of markets. Uh, 20 markets is our main list. The list is actually like 30, but there's something called the 2200 rule, which is the idea that once you can pull 200 tickets in 20 different markets, um, that's like sort of the sustainable plateau as a touring band. So we have those markets identified to us as goals. Um, they're like Ann Arbor, Grand Rapids, Chicago, um, Denver, um, a couple other places. And some markets, as you get bigger, sort of smush together. So if we're getting to a point where like Ann Arbor and Detroit used to be two markets, but now that we're pulling pretty well in both, we're thinking of them as one because they're not that far away from each other. Um, but yeah, booking is basically just you send the email and you see what you get. Festival booking is another monster. Um, that's much more of a, you really need to know people or they might reach out to you sort of thing. And gigs do come to us. Um, it's not all just me emailing places. Um, but yeah, we'll like, we'll put our Google Calendar up and we'll establish what our targets are and we'll go for it. And uh, it's very rare that we get 100% of those targets, but it's just a good place to start. And then you can fill in. You'll be like, okay, we wanted to do Chicago and Indy on this weekend. We got Indy, but Chicago's not available. Where can we go that makes sense, that makes you know the routing not like, you know, makes the gas worth it. Like, okay, we mm -hmm. can stop in Fort Wayne on our yeah, way to Indy, you know, and then go home and stuff like that. So a lot of equipment too, you know. Yeah, we need to get a trailer soon. We're <laughs> this this uh, uh, oh, rack yeah. system that we're we're buying is gonna officially put us over the edge yeah. of our capacity in the van. So <laughs> we need to we need to get a hitch welded on the van and we need to buy a trailer. Or maybe rent one, but I get the struggle. We were loading all my shit into my car and I mean I might only be one person, but since I'm doing multi-instrumental stuff, it takes all yeah, the equipment yeah, yeah. of every single instrument, which right. <laughs> just takes up so much fucking space. Yeah, getting the van was a game changer for us. I can't imagine doing the solo thing. I mean, it's yeah, in some ways it's awesome. You don't have to split the money. You know, that's a huge plus. You don't have to hurt any cats when it comes to like just getting to the gig and that sort of logistics. But, you know, when it comes to touring, touring, hitting the road hard, it sure is helpful to have two bench seats where two people can sleep. And then, two, like, you know, we can just, like, rotate. So yeah. it makes, like, a six-hour drive after a gig when you're retired way less scary because it's like, okay, everyone just needs to do an hour and a half. Everyone gets to take a nap. Like, you know, it's a lot safer. Yeah, that's that, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, again, Nolan helped me out. And, plus, Anton, he oh, yeah. joined me for the first time at Fairyland. And... He was great. Any new school audience listeners, I want a bass player. So if anyone wants to jam, <laughs> hit me up. Keys too. <laughs> bass players, hit up Jay. Let's yes. go. 100%. Let's get a band. And so have you, back to Max's question, like with the booking, have you gone to like say a festival or even a place like Legend Valley uh -huh. and then the next time you went there, you played on the bigger stage? Or like has that scaled up too ever? Uh, yeah, I mean that, that definitely happens. I think... Uh, the best example of that is, again, this place that we played um, in the UP. It's a festival called Damn Jam. It was our third year there. And our first year, we were on the side stage. Our second year, we were on the main stage during the middle of the day. And this year, we were the headliner on the main stage on Friday night. Nice. So. And, and that's progress that you can see, be proud of. like, mm -hmm. And that shit matters, man. Yeah, and a lot of that just comes down to Playing a solid set, which is always important, but also just like being easy to work with. Be on time, be personable. Like one of the best pieces of advice I got from my tuba professor in college was like, if I'm auditioning and like there's two guys and one of them's like a little bit better than the other one, but he's a dick, I'm gonna pick the other guy. Mm -hmm. Cause I have to spend time with him and yeah. I'm not gonna care that he's like maybe slightly less talented i'm sure not everyone thinks that way but it just like really stuck with me like me, the music's important and we always want to deliver a good performance but we also want to be people that people want to spend time with 
and want to have like at their event. Yeah, man, and and like that's that's what the new school project's about, like learning the shit that you weren't taught or you can't get out of a book or like listening to somebody's experience and don't be a dick. Don't be know? a dick. You ain't gonna get the job, yo. No, you'll have a lot more. You'll meet a lot more friends. <laughs> and friends, friends open up doors. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, man, I'm sitting at, here right now because we shot the shit at the Back fucking up. festival, you know, yeah. for a while and. What a crazy night. It was that was a crazy fun. night. I, uh, I was up for a long time. Me too. I, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, you had just crashed out, and I was talking to, I think, Jordan, and maybe Joe was still up. And we, I was like, oh, no, Abram had walked up, and I mm -hmm. said, damn, is the sun rising right now? <laughs> and he's like, yep. And I'm like, I need to go to bed. Yeah. And so the crazy thing about that night was I got there, and I was like, fuck it, I'll blow up the air mattress after my set. Oh my that God. didn't happen. And then Anton was planning on driving home that night. That didn't happen and either. he was like, yo, <laughs> do you have a blanket I can borrow? And I was like, nah, but I got a sleeping bag. And so I said, fuck it. And I gave him my sleeping bag. And I slept on the ground of my tent with the rain flies. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. The stupid thing. I had another blanket. Boys. I'm sleeping on my cot like perfectly with this extra blanket. Bed. Yeah, and, and I'm like I could have at least gave you the blanket. I would have been off the ground, dude. Like, I slept on a rock. There was a rock underneath under the spot. The yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. But oh, uh, my back felt great that morning. <laughs> that's a festival so, for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the new school. My bad. With the with the new school project, um, we always try to ask this question, and it's just a hilarious question, but. Maxwell, if you if you will, do you believe in aliens? Do I believe in aliens? I always think this is a funny question because it's like, obviously yes, but it's also <laughs> like, what do you mean by that sort of? Like, do I believe that there's, like, you know, tall gray X file style aliens here? Eh, not really, but like, do I believe that in the universe there's other life that is probably sentient may I, that's a stronger yes maybe mm -hmm. i don't know i really like sci-fi and uh i read this book series not too long ago um that has a lot to do with aliens and like uh what was it called it's called uh the three body problem it's really good it's a chinese author translated to um english it's like a three book thing the second book Three body problem. Yeah, three body problem, which I guess is like a famous like physics problem about like three orbiting, like three uh, masses that have orbit like interfering with each other. Like a triquatra or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. something like, like that. So, um, and that second book of that series is a really, really, really great book. I don't want to give it away, but it made me think a lot about aliens, and <laughs> I definitely think that they're out there. My thing is that I don't know where we stand in the timeline. I don't think we're I don't think we're the first, but I don't know like we can't be the first. We can't be the first, but it's it's weird cuz like then the options become like they're aware of us and we're not aware of them. Oh, that's what's or, the theory the shouting in the woods theory? The dark forest theory? Yeah, dark forest theory. So that's the second the second book's called the oh, dark okay, forest. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's called the dark forest theory like if you shout and no one can hear you. Well, no, no, or, it's Wait, what is it? If you're in the middle of like the jungle or the forest, you don't necessarily want to shout for help. You don't What if there's something out there? Oh, yeah. It's right. the idea that like. I get that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you want to read the books. Well, this is a normal theory, I guess, that people know. So. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, it's the idea that like, you don't want to broadcast your sentience into the universe because once another sentient um, being pinpoints you the chances are that they're just going to destroy you because there's not enough resources in yeah. the universe. Now, that could be yeah. you know, totally and, false. And that's the only mm -hmm. way to guarantee that we won't kill them. True. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean humans don't have the best track record with yeah, like, I mean, finding other civilizations and not killing us, them. So. Yeah. They observe <laughs> us for five minutes. They're like, yep, yeah, they can't be trusted. You know, but as far as like humans here on the Earth, I'm not sold on that. I got a couple buddies that are huge on that uh -oh. and have recommended me like some documentaries that I've watched and stuff. Um, Bob Lazar, I think. is. Oh, yeah, Bob Lazar. Yeah, so the, the Bob Lazar stuff is cool. There is definitely some interesting like declassified federal documents from not too long ago. Um, 
Yeah, so, I don't that know. That shit's unexplained. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's literally tough. unexplained. I'm it's definitely amazing. not sitting here saying it's bullshit, so. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe in, like, big, tall alien guys, but I think if there are aliens on this planet right now, next time you see a funky-looking insect, just look a little closer, because, I, I mean... So, just some of these bugs. Dude. Like, where could they have possibly came from? Well, like, man, it could be any kind of animal. A sawfish, an octopus. But, dude, insects look weird. <laughs> fucking ostrich, dude? That shit's alien. -like. There's people that think that uh, octop octopi are, like, not from Earth. Really? Yeah, there's, like, a theory out there that they're... Do they also think that really squids smart. are from elsewhere, too? Well, I think it's... Because they're, they're similar, but octopuses are... Diff different enough. They're smart. They're, like they're way smarter. Gel. Yeah, and they do the they do like the the skin changing thing, yeah. which I don't think squids do. I might they be wrong not. about that. But yeah, octopus are like they definitely are both cephalopods, but like octopi are way crazier than squids for the most yeah. part. But I was reading this story. There was this octopus that was held in captivity at some aquarium, and the light on its tank was making the water too hot, and it figured that it could splash water onto an open outlet that would cause the whole system to, to short circuit. And they didn't realize what it was doing until they like looked at the footage, and it, it was happening every night that they would have to go Damn. and reboot it. And, the octopus is making it cool down. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. That, well, that's it's the... awesome showcase of its intelligence, but how sad is that, that this intelligent animal is held in captivity in these conditions that pushed it to that. Well, yeah, fuck that... aquariums and fuck zoos. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm down fuck with fuck that. aquariums and yeah. fuck zoos, except fuck for ones shit. that are like... Some of them are, are all about conservation, Yeah, some of them are about that, conservation, but... but... I did, yeah, I've been to some pretty fucked up zoos where I'm just like, this isn't, this isn't cool. You could definitely yeah. not go there, like, like, in a, in a spiritual headspace. Right. No yeah. way, bro. Yeah, because yeah. you know that, that lion or whatever, like, yeah, it's getting everything it absolutely needs, but it ain't free. It's not, it's getting, it's not getting everything it needs. That's, That's animal communism. It is animal communism. <laughs> animal communism. All right, New means. School Project. Um. On that Thank note. you guys so much. And after that conversation, take what you like and leave what you don't. 100%. Mean, thank you so much for joining hey, us. Hey, thanks yes. for having me, guys. It's been a this pleasure. Been fun. Stormy Cromer, and what was your other band? Oh, I also play in a folk band called Joanna Sterling. All right, check them both Let's out. Do we it. will yes. have links available for both of those bands. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then July 22nd, yes. Blind Pig, Ann Arbor. This man's throwing up motherfucking festival. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, yeah. Be there or be square. That's Stormy right. Cromer, let's go. <laughs> Woo, thanks to me. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.